Let's start with a word of prayer this morning. God, I just come to you uh, in this time, in this place. Lord, knowing that uh, many are listening uh, that are encouraged, many are listening that are discouraged, uh, many are listening that are going through difficult times right now that uh, they've, they've either gotten good news about loved ones or they've gotten bad news about loved ones. We've had members of our, our families that have passed away. God, we, we just we just pray you be present in these moments with us. God, that you, you'd use all these things uh, to work towards your good and to draw us to you. God, we pray today as we get into your holy word, your scripture, uh, God, that you just open our hearts to receive it. You'd open our minds. This would be uh, a day, a moment in time that, Lord, we would just commit everything to you. We'd turn off all the distractions and say, God, we just want to hear from you right now. Speak into our life. And, uh, God, we believe you are faithful and honorable, and you will do that. God, you promised you would guide us and you would lead us. God, you promised that you'd be our good shepherd. Uh, and And this morning... We're thankful for change that you bring in our life. Um, God, so we're, we're going to give it all to you. We're going to trust you. And in this moment, God, we pray that you reach across all these homes. And God, you just bless them. You just bless them with a, a peace that only you can give, uh, that we can be calm on this Sunday and know that you are in control. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I'm thankful God is in control. He is in charge, uh, and there's nothing that can stop that. Uh, so this morning, what I want to share with you, what is on my heart? Um, no slides this morning. If you've got your Bibles with you, uh, don't have all the technology I need to throw the verses up. Um, so I'm going to be reading from my Bible. Get your Bible out. Uh, get an app out. Whatever it takes. Uh, let's let's read some scripture together. I want to do a quick recap first from last week, um, just uh, as we think about the sermon series, Finding Hope and what it means. Here's what, here's what I know. Christians, you uh, are called to be leaders. You are called to be a leader, uh, called to be the salt of the earth, called to be light in darkness. Leaders make a difference, uh, and Jesus made it clear that his followers would make a difference. In order to lead, you have to have vision. And to have vision means the same thing as hope, right? This idea that if we go back to Romans uh, chapter 5 and verses 1 through 5 that we talked about last week, uh, to lead, to make a difference, you have to have hope, okay? And in this hope is this confident assurance uh, that things are 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 going to get better, a confident assurance uh, that God is going to fulfill His promises, a confident assurance that better days are possible, not just possible, but uh, uh, you can expect it, that God is going to deliver better days, and maybe not on this in this life, but definitely in the next, right? That's the perspective of the Christian that we have to have hope. We are given hope in God. You know, nobody wants to lead or nobody wants to follow uh, uh, someone with no hope, a pessimist, someone who's, who's constantly complaining 
who's always drawing out the negative, who's always giving the reasons why things can't work and things won't happen. Um, God called us to be leaders, and leaders have to believe in hope. Against all hope, Abraham believed in hope. So you got to have hope. What to have uh, hope? It is you are um, your hope and your vision is driven by proven experience, your reputation, your integrity. Okay, that's what we call character. That's what Paul re refers to as character. So to lead, you got to have hope and vision, and to have hope and a vision, you got to have character. That means you've been proven. You have experience so people can say look what they've been through they have had the most difficult of circumstances health financial mental anguish family problems whatever it might be and yet they've remained faithful look at that character that integrity to have a proven uh, experience you have to have endured. And to uh, to have this proven experience, you got to endure. You got you have to have been under pressure. You have to have persevered with your faith in Christ. Um, you have to have persevered through difficult times. We're doing this reverse cycle. Are you getting it? And in order to persevere and have endurance, you have to have faced difficult times that's the cycle and the cycle is not linear right it's not uh you're going to have difficult times and then you're going to endure and then that will prove your character and then you'll have hope paul goes as far in romans say it'll be a hope that does not disappoint and he says this source of this hope is the love that's poured into our hearts by the holy ghost and so this is not linear. You don't go through it. We are Christians all the time. We are always in difficult times. We are Our endurance and our perseverance is always being tested. It's always growing. Our character should be continually improving and growing and being more experienced and seasoned. And as should our hope. As we mature in Christ, we should find more and more confident assurance that he's going to take care of us. So what that means is in order to lead, in order to be all that Christ wants you to be, we have to face difficult times. That's the cycle. In order to have hope, you've got to go through difficulty. It's got to be difficult. Let me read the paraphrase of verse 3 through 5 before we get in and we look at, uh, at Joseph. This doesn't mean, of course, that we have only a hope of future joys. We can be full of joy here and now, even in our trials and troubles, even in our difficulties. Taken in the right spirit, these very things will give us patient endurance. This, um, in turn, will develop a mature character, and a character of this sort produces a steady hope. A hope that will never disappoint us. Already we have some experience of the love of God flooding through our hearts by the Holy Spirit given to us. So that's the summary that says how the process of hope, how do we find it? It's through difficult times, perseverance, the character it builds. That's where we find hope. 
So now we've got uh, we we got a, a story uh, this week of a, a, a young Jewish man named Joseph, and uh, we see in the middle of his story when we're introduced to him in Matthew chapter one and verse eighteen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to read these verses in a minute. He is in a mess of a situation. I mean, a mess of a situation. Uh, he he's uh, he's 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 engaged um, to a girl that he, he seems to be very excited about. Her name is Mary. Their culture is a little bit different uh, than ours. Um, this engagement uh, was more than likely arranged um, by their families. There's a process they go through once you are engaged in their culture. That is as good as being married. To get unengaged, you have to get divorced. And so this is this is a big deal. He's engaged. He's excited, uh, ready to start his life. And then he gets the news that no man wants to get, uh, that Mary was uh, going to be expecting a child, that uh, he was confident that he was not the father. And so uh, you can imagine in his world how this might have just ripped him apart. And uh, so let's read these verses, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and we're going to look at what happens here when Joseph finds hope, finds out the truth. It is revealed in his heart who Christ is, and he accepts it. We're going to see some things that change in him, because these very things change in us. And uh, we need to know that, we need to be confident of it, and we need to live it out uh, today. So let's read verses uh, chapter 1 in Matthew, verse 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is an amazing time in the history of the world. An amazing brief summary of a dynamic turn of events in the history of mankind. This moment when God himself comes and visits and lives among his creation. And I think about Joseph here, and I want to share really three things this morning that change after this conversation uh, with the angel. The angel gives him pretty clear details about what's getting ready to happen. One, 
God wants you to marry Mary. He wants you to go through and have this wedding and marry Mary. He finds out that this pregnancy is supernatural. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's miraculous. And that is, uh, you know, um, that, that is not an excuse that, that gets, gets people by in this day. Your baby will be a male. He finds out he's going to have a baby boy. They, the angel tells him what to name the baby. He says, name him Jesus, which means Savior uh, in Hebrew and Greek. And it says he will be the Savior and save his people from their sins. He learns five clear things. But here's what changes. It changes his thoughts. It changes uh, his plans. It changes his options. So let's dig into thoughts first. Your mind, your mind is really an important, precious thing. In Romans 12, 2, Paul wrote to the church, he said, don't conform to the pattern of this world. He said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He says, don't conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The mind, this word came up pretty often here in this, this story of Joseph. At the end of verse 19, it says he had in mind to divorce her. In, in verse 20, it says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. It says that he was thinking about some things. And, um, and, and one... Um, uh, let's see where he says this. We find that he was uh, fearful. Let me start by saying, today God wants to change your thoughts. He wants to change the way you're thinking about some things. He wants to renew your mind. You have found hope in Jesus Christ, yet we are consistently uh, drawn away from that truth by the thoughts we think in our head. The thoughts we think in our head. He he was he, he had a fear uh, of probably Mary dying because under the the law at the time um, they were uh, it was possible that she would be stoned for what has happened for her pregnancy out of wedlock that she could be stoned. He's probably fear of being ridiculed, being made fun of. You know, he, he's a Jewish, uh, a young Jewish man, has a reputation to uphold, that has a future in front of him, and he is, uh, he is, he is, he's scared, uh, and he he's scared that if they did stay together, they would forever be uh, looked down upon. They would be blackballed of sorts. They they would not be part of society. They would always be seen as the ones who messed up, who always messed up. You see, he's also, uh, uh, and his thoughts are stuck. And I, I tell you, this is a risk for us. Uh, his, his thoughts are, are stuck in this box of tradition and rules and the way that things are supposed to be and the way that they should be and what everybody expects of him and her. And But God says, I'm going to change all that. <laughs> 
He says, I, I need to, I need to change the way you're thinking, Joseph. I need to change. He, he changes the way I think about so many things, about people, about circumstances, about religion. He says, all those boxes you put yourself in that you grew up in, um, that that he says, I'm bigger than that. I'm outside of that. You cannot con- you cannot you cannot comprehend who I am and how big I am when you restrict yourself to these patterns and the traditions and the rules that have been set in place by man. Now, God has his own set of rules that are really important, but many times we put new and expanded and, and, and bigger rules on ourselves. And so he was stuck in this thought process of fear, and I was reminded of Philippians uh, chapter 4, verse 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Why do you think Paul had to write that verse? Why do you think he had to write that, those words? I think it's probably he picked those words because our inclination is to do the exact opposite of all of them. What what do we tend to want to do? We want to we want to just we want to think about whatever is false, whatever is a lie. We want to we get excited when people lie and we can't wait to hear about it and we want to learn more about it. And uh, and we want to dwell on lies that we tell ourselves, lies about who we are, lies about how we look, lies about how much value we have. Uh, we want to dwell on lies. And you think, oh, I don't like lies. But you sit around all day like me and question your value. You question and say, God, am, am, I, am I worth it? You start to believe the lie that somebody's better than you. You start to believe the lie that nobody cares about you. Uh, and and we want to dwell on things that are not true. Uh, we want to think about things that are dishonorable. It is man's nature to dwell on dishonorable things instead of noble things. Uh, we want to think about the wrong things. These are all the opposites of what Paul told the Philippians. We want to think about impure things. Our mind has the capacity and the potential to be drawn to impure things. Ugly things instead of lovely. Horrible things instead of excellent or admirable or praiseworthy. God wants to change your mind this morning. He has the absolute power to do it. He wants to renew it. And many times what we put in comes out. And if and if you're watching, you know, the 24-7 news cycle right now, there's very little true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable things coming across your screen. And so how do we plug ourselves in to not be the one that focuses on the negative, the complaining, the bad and change our thoughts about what is good when we find real hope in Christ. Because we see what happens to Joseph. says when he woke up, <laughs> he was a new man. He was different. He had seen the truth. He had been exposed in his heart to the truth.
The second thing we see completely changes his plans. Um, you can never independently, uh, accurately assess any situation, but you will try and I will try. We will make plans for our lives. We'll make plans for careers, for family, for homes, for where we're going to live, what we're going to do with our life. And, uh, and, and you know, I love the, the verse from Proverbs says, we in our hearts, man devises a plan, but God directs his steps. Um, we can never independently accurately assess our plans as situations. But see, that's what Joseph was trying to do. He had looked at what had happened here. All right, I'm a young man. She's pregnant. What am I going to do? And he had in mind, he had a plan. He was going to do the right thing the right way. He cared about her, um, but he didn't want to take much risk himself. He wasn't still going to marry her, but he was going to divorce her quietly to give maybe him a hope, her a hope of eventually remarrying and building a family. But plans change. Can I tell you one thing about my 37 years of experience in life is that plans change. You see, when we assess a situation, we make a plan. The plan is 99% of the time about us. But God says, I have a plan for you. And he steps in, and when we find real hope, all of a sudden, our plans begin to change. You see, this is not about your and my comfort. What God was doing in Joseph's life was a difficulty, was a dilemma, was a trial of the greatest magnitude in his mind. He was up against it all, everything he had planned for, everything he had ever had vision for in his life was had just been swept out from under him because God doesn't care about the plan for your comfort and success or my comfort and my success. He doesn't care about the American dream. He doesn't care about our perfect little story and picket white fences and perfect families and perfect photoshopped pictures and frames and filters. He doesn't care about our plan. He didn't care about Joseph's plan. He says this, Joseph, what is happening in your life, this difficulty right now is about me saving a lost world. This is about me caring so much about mankind. That don't, they don't care about me, but I care so much about them. Joseph, I need you to be a part of this. This is what I need you to be a part of. And this is what he tells to each and every believer. You've got to bear your cross. You've got to lay down your life and give it all up and be willing to throw it all in. Go all in for him because his plans are better than yours. Because they have eternal consequences. They're not just about the here and now. They're not. His long-term plan is not a 401k or retirement. This That is like a minute. That is like a second of what God has for us. But he is calling us into his plan. They are better than yours. They will. He will change your plans. I can promise you, you go all in for God. All of a sudden, your heart will begin to change about your dreams and your visions 
and about what you want to do with your life. He says, I have something different. And in that, he changed Joseph's options. This is one that just I love so much. It, 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 it blows my mind. I said, we just don't have the ability to assess our situation because Joseph, he was looking at this situation. He said, I got option A, I got option B. All right, I could marry her. It's going to be a mess. Nobody will ever talk to us. I'll probably never get any work. I'm a carpenter. Uh, or I can put her away quietly, and hopefully she won't be stoned, and I can maybe remarry. And, um, you know, that's my option A, option B. Moses and the children of Israel stood at the Red Sea, and they said, the, the children of Israel crying out, we have no other option but to go back into slavery. Because they were looking at their situation, they were assessing it with man's eyes, with our ability, our understanding of physics and, and what is possible. And they said, did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? They said, we don't have any other option. We have, we have mountains on both sides of us. The army, Pharaoh's army is coming up behind us. We have the Red Sea in front of us. And God says, I'm not restricted by your options. And so in your life right now, you're looking at a situation and you're assessing and you're planning. You're saying, here are the options. And God says, no, nah, I'm not even in that. That's not even in my space. Think about our, the market when we were going to open it. And when I prayed the prayer and I was, I was looking at all our real world options, we needed you know, uh, roughly $16,000. And I was thinking, man, where are we going to get that? I'm going to have to ask people for it. We're going to, people were going to have to donate it when we were going to get all the startup equipment and the signage and everything to do this right. And uh, and all of a sudden, I had all these options, but I said, Bethany and I prayed. We said, God, this is you. Just do it. Do this. And I'll tell you what, that one option that was not was that our landlord at the check or at our church would, would mail back a rent check. Because God put it on her heart. And that someone else would give a significant donation because God put it on their heart without anybody asking. And he provided every single dollar that we needed. That's how God works. He is not restricted by your options. He is not restricted by the impossible. He is not restricted by... The, the A or B, he's going to be in like Z or cucumber. I mean, this is the God of creation. He is not restricted. And when you find hope in him, all of a sudden you have confident hope because you know you can look at those options. This is a sign of maturity and say, that's not it. That's not all. There's something out there. There's a person out there. There's a place out there. There's a way out there that God has a plan if he's in this, if he's working, if he's moving, there's an option. And you see Joseph's options changed. What's beautiful about this is in the end, his purpose changed. When he found hope, when he understood what God was doing through Mary, where he thought he had purpose to be a great carpenter, a woodworker, 
and to be a good family man and to be a dad. He found that now he was part of God's eternal plan, sovereign plan to save lost people. And you see, he has the same for you. You thought you had purpose to be a mom, to be, to be in your career, to be a teacher, to be a nurse, to be a good wife, to be a good husband, to be a good dad. And God said, yeah, those things are good. But I'm calling you into my family. And I'm giving you purpose of eternal consequence. So that you can see the dilemma, the difficulty, the thing you're up against, the thing where you, your plans didn't work out and where your options are limited. All these things are part of my plan and my purpose. And they are of eternal consequence. Someone somewhere needs you. I need you to lead. I need you to step up. I need you to mature in your faith. So you can share it with others, so you can be a person of, of proven character, so that you can have hope that is contagious. Not that you find it, but that you help others find it. See, when you find hope in Christ, you become part of a loving mission of a loving God toward a broken mankind. I invite you this morning. To place your hope in Jesus Christ. To give it all to him. To surrender the things. To acknowledge that you're out of options. Because the same is true for a lost person. You see, you're thinking one thing about God and many of these things are probably not true. You think he doesn't care about you. You think he's too big. You think he's too judgmental. You think he's just a God who hates you for doing wrong and you, he can never forgive you. You think you've done too much and, and, and you think that it's just gone too far. Or maybe maybe you think you are so good that you've done so much good that you really don't need mercy or grace. You think, you know, I do good things. I'm a good person. And through the access to his word and the Holy Spirit, he can change your thoughts. And you've got plans, and you can change your plans, and you've got options, you think. Wait later. Maybe some other point in my life, after I get through this, or maybe you're negotiating with God and say, if you just take care of this problem, if you heal me of this, if you rescue me from this, if you save us from financial ruin, I'll serve you forever. And God is saying, this is, this is no negotiations. I've given you a gift. You cannot earn it. I've already done more than I could ever do for you. I'm just waiting for you to accept it and find new purpose. My cry to you this morning is give it all to Christ. Realize we're just a nobody. We're going to listen to that song right now to know that we just want to be another person bought by the blood of Jesus Christ to build a name not for Jared and not for New Beginnings and not for Faith Life 
but for Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's his legacy. It's his honor. He's the one that changed our life, that gave us grace so that we can give it to others and so that we can be the light of the world in darkness. So we find Joseph. It changed his thoughts. It changed his plans. It changed his options. It changed his purpose. And it says when he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. Tells me when we when God gets a hold of us, we change. And we walk in a newness of life. I invite you to that this morning. If we can pray for you, leave us a message on the Facebook feed, on the YouTube feed, uh, Facebook messages, leave comments, send us an email. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for me, pray for our church, and uh, then we're going to have one more song, and then I'll close out with just a few comments, and um, and we're going to trust God in this. God, I'm going to pray right now. Lord, we come to you. I come to you in this moment. We collectively uh, intercede on behalf of our church. God, we pray in this moment with all the chaos that's going on around us that you change our thoughts, that we have found hope. God, we want to dwell on things that are lovely, things that are good, things that are pure and honorable. We don't want to get excited and just dwell on how people are bad and they cheat and all these things that we are being tempted by right now. God, we cannot lead from that place. We cannot lead our friends and family from that place. God, let us be a source of hope and change our thoughts. God, we're going to trust you to change our plans through your sovereign power to guide our steps. We are not going to start walking. We're not going to stop having vision. We're not going to stop stepping outside the church and making plans. But God, in everything we do, we're going to do it uh, with trusting that it's your will. And if it's not, you change them. We trust you in that. And we're going to follow you even when things don't make sense and plans don't go the way we had expected. God, we're going to trust you to come up with options we can't even fathom. God, you're putting things in my heart for our church that I just look and say, well, I don't know how. I don't know where. And that's the best feeling in the world because it tells me you're in the middle of it. And so we're going to trust you with option cucumber <laughs> and believe that you can deliver on promises you've given. God, we thank you for purpose. Thank you that we are a church on a mission that every believer has a purpose. God, that you would use us to draw people to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.